Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. My name is Misty Jane, and I am a money coach for hairstylists. I help self-motivated stylists get their financial shit together, creating healthy relationships with money, opening up more options for the future, and eliminating that paycheck-to-paycheck life. I created Backroom Beauty Talks because I wanted to bring real, raw, and unedited conversations to you, uplifting the beauty industry one stylist at a time. Well, hello there, friends. Today, I am talking with a friend of mine, Ashley Lewis. You might know her on Instagram as the Blondeologist. Um, Ashley is a salon owner. She owns Coco Lemon in Richmond, Virginia. She is a educator. She is a brand ambassador. She is kind of all of the things. She is a coach for stylists who want to go independent. Um, and it might come to some surprise, but she's a bit of an introvert. So I really enjoyed this conversation from the perspectives of somebody who doesn't maybe like to put their life out there as much. And I want to thank Ashley for letting my podcast be the first podcast that she has ever been on. You will very much enjoy this conversation, especially if you're somebody who isn't quite sure how to become successful in a certain way without putting your personal life and all of your shit online. Um, She's the perfect example of holding great boundaries um, and creating a beautiful, passion-filled life. Before we hop into this conversation, I just want to take a second to talk about Independent Beauty Pros. This is a membership based online platform that offers community, networking, education, um, social media help, virtual happy hours. It's really just a space if you're looking to find people that are going to help empower you in the beauty industry, this is for you. It is a very inexpensive yearly membership. It connects you to not just hairstylists, but nail techs, estheticians, makeup artists, and literally anybody in the beauty industry. I love being a part of it. Um, The virtual happy hours are probably my favorite because it's just kind of an hour where we get to learn from somebody in the industry. If this is something that you're interested in, Lindsay, the founder, has offered a 10% discount to anyone listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. Just use the code at checkout, Backroom Beauty, all capital. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss these virtual happy hours. With that being said, I would like to introduce you to the Blondeologist. Enjoy. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Backroom Beauty Talks. Hi there. So I'm super excited to um, pop your podcast cherry today. <laughs> oh, and I'm really nervous. This is my first time. Be gentle, please. Oh, I promise. I won't, <laughs> I won't get too crazy. Um, okay, so you are, oh my goodness, a salon owner, an educator. Yes. Um, you are, uh, you work for the uh, behind the chair team. You, you do a lot of things. Tell me just a short like story about how you got into the industry in the first place. Yeah. So I did the whole thing where I thought I was supposed to go to college. I lasted a whole semester until I called my dad one morning with like crippling anxiety being like, I physically cannot make myself go to class. And my dad just cracked up laughing 
and was like, I knew college wasn't for you, but we had to let you try. (laughs) He was like, so you do what you need to do. So I literally dropped out of college at that moment with the support of my parents because they were always the type of like, all right, if this is what you feel you need to do, do it. We'll support you, even though they knew that it wasn't in my calling. Well, let me ask you a question about that. Like you said that you felt the pressure to go to college if your parents were supportive that you dropped out, essentially, where did the pressure come from? I feel like school, obviously, like society pressure. Yeah. And I feel like society, I felt like um, so many of my friends were going to school with these like grand ideas. And I was just like, okay, I guess college is what I'm supposed to do. Um, I mean, I have two parents that never went to college. Um, My dad owned while still owns and has owned his own small business for 30 some years. And my mom did the corporate ladder climb without a college degree. So I had these two really impressive parents who never stepped foot in college. My dad didn't even graduate high school and it's just, their support was just endless. And it was more about just like nurturing my needs of how to grow. Right. Right. So did you go right into hair school? I didn't. I took a year off and just lived the glorious college life without ever having to step foot into a classroom, um, waited tables. And ultimately, I started my apprenticeship on a Tuesday. I went on a blind date with my husband on a Wednesday. And then Sarah Marie started her apprenticeship a month after I did. And for those listening, Sarah Marie is her business partner and best friend. Yeah. My soul sister. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. (laughs) It was just kind of like these three life, major life events just kind of all cultivated and went to that one moment. And it was just kind of like, this is where I needed to be at that moment. And all of those things that I went through brought me to that moment. Intuition, essentially. Yeah. Following my gut. Now you have been in the industry for how long? Um, Gosh, since 2006. When did you start educating? That's a fun story. (laughs) Um, So more so, as soon as I stepped into the salon, I just loved the experience of hearing. I love stories and I love storytelling. And as nervous as I get about things, like being able to storytell just makes me excited. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was standing behind all of these stylists who were just willing to share everything with me. And I just found that incredible. And I knew right away, like education was a really cool place to be. So I got licensed and not too long after I got licensed, I had the opportunity to try out for a major color company to become an educator. And I had this really cool weekend experience where I got to assist with like two of the biggest names. And I was just fangirling over like over this opportunity And I did my tryout. I had to do all of these fun different color techniques. I had to talk about the color company and pretty much on the spot at 21 years old, I got offered the opportunity to educate for this company. A week later, they came back to me and were like, we didn't realize you were so young. We need somebody with more experience. Like it was heartbreaking. And I like it it burned me. And like, I felt so defeated that just because of my age and inexperience was holding me back. And that like really held me back for a long time. And I had a few more opportunities and I kept trying and trying. Um, There were a few other color companies I tried for and tried for different platforms. And honestly, it took me eight years before anybody gave me the opportunity to be an educator. And it wasn't until we hit this like social media platform and social media experience that I was able to meet other like-minded stylists. And I had the opportunity to educate for um, the business of balayage. And they were the first people, they're now hair movement. They were the first people to ever give me an opportunity. So it took me eight years to become an educator. So it's funny because I um, 
the business of balayage was one of the first independent classes I had ever taken. And I really don't think I would be where I am in any aspect right now, if it wasn't for that specific class. Um, it was great company, great, great company. And it was, and it was an amazing experience. It was also a time when I had a young son and I was, you know, trying to establish and identify myself as an individual again after having a baby. So it gave me this opportunity to travel, to meet other like-minded stylists, and also find out who I was as an individual too, which was really amazing opportunity. So let me ask you this. So you basically got your license and then tried to become an educator immediately, pretty much, right? Pretty much, probably about a year or two after becoming licensed. Like I just knew that I loved color education. Like color was just something that I went to college to become an artist. That's what I wanted to do. And just color just always fascinated me. And I knew right away, like I just wanted to be a color educator. Now, were you good at like technically good, right? Like were you, like some people are just natural, you know, or did you have to kind of build? Humbly, yes. Yeah, everyone does to a certain extent. Yeah, I think it was just because of having the background in art, Um, you know, just basic color theory just clicked to me immediately. And I was just able to apply that into real life. So when you look back on that first company, do you feel like they really should have given you a chance or do you feel like it was probably led, it obviously led you to where you are now, but do you feel, um, you know, you would have been ready or maybe they saw you weren't ready and it was a good thing in the long run? I have never thought about it. Honestly, I am like a, like no regrets. Like they probably did me a favor. I am where I am now because of having that opportunity. Um, and it helped me grow. So, you know, in some ways I was probably mentally too immature. Um, so yeah, you know, I am where I am now because of all of those events. Right. So you are a self-proclaimed introvert. Yes. But, but you put yourself out there, like as far as, you know, being an educator, being on the behind the chair team. So how does that play in? Like, do you know how to kind of turn it off and on? Like, are you secretly an extrovert, you know, in the classroom? I always say that I am a extroverted introvert. Mm-hmm. So when I get to be in front of a classroom with like-minded people who are ready to like hair nerd out with me, I feel like my bubble is burst and I'm just excited and ready to talk about that. Um, but I feel like mostly you put me into a big room with a bunch of other people that I don't know. I am a cancer. So I am going to literally crawl into my little crab shell and just be like, <laughs> hi, I like donuts. Did you see that butterfly (laughs) go by? Like, I just don't know what to say. Right. But put me with hair people and and in front of a class, let's do it. Like that excites me. I have been to one of your classes and I would have never thought that you were an introvert. Yeah. Because you're in my comfort zone. Yeah. And you can tell you're very comfortable up there. So you and Sarah Marie, for those listening, it's the Vivid Brunette on um, Instagram. And Ashley is the Blondologist on Instagram. Um, Y'all just recently started helping independent stylists um, figure out if, when, and why they should go independent, correct? Yes. Uh, More so, we just wanted to create this opportunity for others that we felt was lacking for us. Sarah and I went into it blindly, um, more so just holding each other's hands and learning as we went. Um, I'm sure a lot of y'all have heard our story already, but it was more so I was on bed rest a thousand miles away from home, like not knowing what my career looked like, but knew that my life needed to change right away. Um, So while on bed rest being pregnant, I quit my job. And And you were in a commission salon at that time, correct? We were, yes. And we had just previously, about six months prior, closed a salon we owned. It was a commission salon we owned. And then we went to another commission salon and took our staff with us. Um, So yeah, I just knew that my life needed to change. Like my life was literally changing. I was at this like cusp of a whole new world and it was time. And so 
Sarah and I went into it blindly. She took a leap of faith while I was on bed rest and started our studio. And I came back about three months later, once maternity leave was over and we had no clue what we were doing. We just (laughs) knew that we wanted to create this like little hair home for our guest. Um, I had probably spent the first 10 years of my career as essentially I would call myself a cash cow. I was conditioned to work these certain time parameters um, and I was lacking connection with my guest because I was literally just cramming them in as quickly as I could, as often as I could. And I really got to reevaluate that situation and really cultivate more of a genuine experience and proud to say that my guests are my friends and I can laugh and know them and know everything about them as where I never had time prior to that to be able to see them as true humans. Right. And it's more enjoyable that way. It is. I like to laugh and have fun. I don't like to stress. My hands get too sweaty. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. When y'all went into the suite, what would you, what would you say your, your biggest mistake was that you learned from? Not hiring a support team, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know that to hire a support team. So when I say that, I'm saying like an accountant, Mm -hmm. nobody, I mean, that was like the number one thing that we try to tell everybody now, talk to an accountant before you even talk to us. Right. Um, wish we would have hired a business coach sooner. I wish that we would have maybe reached out to our friends sooner. Mm-hmm. You know, th- I wish we would have set up systems, policies, all of these things that make my business run smoothly now without me even having to think about it because I have set up these very firm systems and boundaries. Yeah. So now y'all own a commission salon in Richmond, Virginia, right? No. Well, we do own a salon, but it is a fully independent salon. Oh, I'm sorry. I knew that. I'm sorry. Independent. Yeah. (laughs) Wrong word. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, how is that? I mean, obviously it's very different than just having your own suite, obviously. It is. Um, What do you like better? I know this answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah. You know, obviously (laughs) I don't think that there is a better or a wrong or a right. It was that out of all of the environments that Sarah and I have worked in as apprentices and commission stylists and owning a commission salon and working for a commission salon, working for, um, in a suite rental, we've worked in booth rental, you know, we've done literally every aspect of the industry and we just kind of really picked our favorite pieces from every single aspect and just wanted to create this whole new little experience for stylists. So it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's better, different, anything. It's just what works for every individual under our roof. Like we have just kind of put out into the universe what other like-minded people were looking for. And y'all have a beautiful team. They are the sweetest, nicest. I love, I love, I've met most of them and I absolutely love them. I think they're pretty amazing and I'm really proud of them. Um, I'm honored that they put their trust in Sarah and I too, which is pretty incredible, but they are, they're amazing humans. And it's been really incredible to watch them grow over the past year. What, when you're, I don't want to say hiring, but when you're, what do you call that in an independent, like what, when you're. We still do interviews because we, you know, obviously when you're in a salon environment, you want to make sure there's a good workflow. Well, I was going to ask you what, what is the, what is the one thing that maybe like you're, I don't want to say turns you off, but essentially turns you off from somebody and goes, "Mm, they're probably not going to fit well here. So for us is we just want to make sure, again, I just say like workflow, like we all want to laugh and giggle and make our guests feel incredible. So for us, it's more about like making sure we all mesh well together. Right. Right. Y'all are really good about putting out a vibe, you know? So I'm sure y'all get I'm sure it's probably been fairly easy. Like you haven't gotten anyone too crazy, I would think. (laughs) They're all wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Or or should I say had to turn away people too crazy. Um, So, okay. I want to go back to the introverted thing for a second because (laughs) we, 
we are in the social media society where it is being told that you have to basically put yourself out there, right? You have a beautiful following. You work with brands. Again, you're on, you know, the BTC team, like, but you don't put your personal life out there. How, what would you say to the stylist that listens to all of these business people, all of these podcasts, all of these things that say that you need to give some of yourself to the internet world? What would you say to them to maybe calm them a little bit and say, you can do this like without putting yourself out there completely? Yeah, I would say if it doesn't feel authentic to you, you don't have to do it. And I think that's just kind of been my biggest lesson I have learned through social media. Um, Sharing family life is not authentic to me. Um, It's also a way for me to compartmentalize, especially as an introvert. I can literally have this platform that is dedicated to business while still sharing stories because I do like to storytell. But it's a way for me to just be able to turn work off and then I can be 100% with my family and in life and enjoying the small moments. So do you turn off um, all social media when like, what is, what is your daily kind of social media regimen? (laughs) So I talk about it quite a bit. I have a timer set to social media. Um, I have one hour and I mean, that is like all platforms, like one hour, that's it. It turns me off. And you Um, stick to it because I have it on one hour and I very rarely stick to it. I do. I am like, we're going to do this. Like I, again, like it's easy for me, for me personally, it's easy for me to compartmentalize. So if I see that timer, like my brain's just like, yep, we're done. And it's nice because then I have found that I've been able to kind of create like a schedule on how I use my business social media. So, and that's what, like, it takes me some weeks, weeks literally to reply to people, especially on my comments, just because one day I'm using it for replying. One day I'm using it for drafting. One day I'm using it for creating content. So it's more about like scheduling. And then that way I don't feel overwhelmed by approaching social media, which I feel like it can feel really overwhelming. So for me, having a game plan and the strict schedule just makes it feel, A, more authentic to who I am, um, but also to not feel overwhelmed. Are you a disciplined person in most aspects? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am. It's funny. I can be in some things, but some things it's just hard. I get so distracted so easily. It's like, I'll pick up my phone and I'll be like, put it down. Why are you still holding this? I I feel like it is more just like, I don't know, like a habit. Like it's an addiction. Yeah. I feel like you'll pick up your phone and just like scroll the pages and you're like looking for something to do, but you're like, I don't need anything to do on here. Exactly. If I ever find myself doing that, I will literally like just chuck my phone. Be like, I don't need this. So what do you, what, like, um, so for me, like my downtime at the end of the night, like I like, like we're rewatching Schitt's Creek, like, you know what I mean? Like I need something because if not, and I put my phone in my bedroom, I've started doing that. I love that. 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. I put it in my bedroom and I do not look at it again until the morning. Um, and I will even sit in front of the TV and in my mind go to pick up my phone that isn't there. Yeah. And it's like, what is happening? Like why? So I'm working on it. (laughs) hard too for hairstylists. Uh, we use our hands all day. So it's really hard for us to have idle hands. That's true. Um, so for myself, I have always, I love crafts. Mm-hmm. So I, I used to craft a lot. I don't as much anymore. Um, but I love knitting and You're crocheting. creative. Yeah. yeah. I just constantly, and I have found that like watching TV and knitting, like it can just be mindless together, which is nice. And my hands are still moving. Um, I also love playing Animal Crossing. So there's that. <laughs> we recently got a switch for for my son for Christmas. Um, and we had like a no video game family for the longest time. And when he goes to bed, I pull out like Mario Deluxe and just go to town. <laughs> like- yeah. I mean, 
it's it's again you're like feeding that inner child and it's exciting yeah but I'm pretty sure I'm learning that that's probably where like my childhood anxiety came from because like (laughs) like, pressure to beat the timer oh you want to talk about sweaty hands like (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's so funny okay so let's talk about working for brands um how does that even happen Like I've never worked for a brand. Like, how do you, do you just kind of keep showing up online and, and you like, you have a brand that you like, and you just start like talking about like, how does, how does that work? Yeah. Oh, I know. I did the same thing a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so for me it was a, I just authentically the brands that I'm using behind the chair, like I'm literally going to talk about that. And it is, I like to talk quite a bit about like what you see on my social media are my guests. Like it is strictly what I'm doing behind the chair daily. They are just gracious enough to go along with me, like hair nerding out about all of it. So that's fun and tolerating me taking pictures of them. So thank you. (laughs) Um, They probably love it. They do. I think they do. I think the biggest thing is just making sure they're comfortable while I'm doing it. Cause I don't want them to feel like they're like freeze frame. Don't move. Right. Um, but yeah, I think they do. I feel like if they don't, they let, they let it be known. Um, I feel right. like my guest and I have a very honest relationship. So even talking to them about the products that I'm using, and then it's like, I continue that conversation almost that I would be having with a guest about the products that I'm using to my online platform. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for myself personally, just again, just being genuine, I'm excited to use these products, especially I'm with Schwarzkopf now. And I keep like, I get like, I'm going to stammer at you about it. I get excited. I have honestly have never, I told a friend the other day, I was like, I have never used a product line that. I am so excited cohesively across the board, meaning from like the color to the lightener to the aftercare products. Like it has been such a fun change. I was with my last company for probably 10 years. So, you know, I get dedicated and I get excited. And I think again, turning that excitement into reaching out to those companies and just being like, hey, this is how it's changed my game behind the chair. Like I'm doing the same techniques I I have been doing and learning and evolving, but I'm just really noticing this elevation of what my color can do because of your products. And more so just, again, being vulnerable, putting yourself out there and reaching out to the company being like, thank you. These colors and these products are just changing my game and I appreciate you. And from there, that started creating genuine, honest conversation between myself and Schwarzkopf. And thanks to, you know, obviously having the support of the behind the chair team, we are creating these more connections between all of us, which was really exciting. So it's essentially all about authenticity and finding passion, right? Yeah. Because it's like everything we've talked about so far today, it's like you found something that you're passionate about that makes you happy, that brings you joy, and you just kind of keep moving towards it, right? I feel like that is just my life motto. Yeah. Like I always say, like, if it doesn't bring you joy, let it go. Mm -hmm. It's funny. um, The biggest lesson I've learned in the past couple months is um, to, it doesn't have to be hard. And it's, it's funny because I realized this week, especially that I've always thought you have to have struggle involved. Like it's not worth it if there's not some type of struggle and I'm learning that's not always the case. I mean, yeah, there's like hard work and there's, you know, things that you have to do that like maybe aren't as like exciting. I mean, but that comes with almost anything in life, but like, it's just been an interesting, like it can be joyful. Absolutely. And I feel like sometimes when you make these huge leaps and it feels Mm anticlimactic, that means that it's flowing in the right way. Right. Like you're meant to be there at that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's super interesting. I think we're, I mean, even as far as when you said that, you know, you went out on your own and you just like had um, kind of that hustle mentality, right? Like it's kind of bred into us, isn't it? Like is yeah and even with social media like you know well you have to show up and you have to but I love what you said about it has to feel authentic because 
And, you know, and I think, unfortunately, we are in this age, as you said, that we feel the pressure to have to share and do these things. And, you know, if that's not you, like, you don't have to do it. I just, I mean, for me, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. I like keeping my family in a bubble that is my special happy place. So I created a hair account for business, but also again, like just still being able to storytell without sharing. Right. Exactly. But that's just me. So, right. and that's yeah. what works for me. Well, and think about it. Think about somebody who would build a business inauthentically, right? They're doing things that people tell them they need to do, but it doesn't feel good. Well, what if the business does grow a bit? You know, I personally don't think if you're super inauthentic that it's going to grow to a, a point where you want it to be. I think that it will grow more if you're authentic. But like if you're growing a business that you don't feel joy and then it grows, then you're just in this bigger you're business. You're going to resent it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So for anyone listening, like seriously, like it's okay. Like it doesn't really matter what anyone says, like do what feels good because Absolutely. at the end of the day, you're going to feel better about it. And honestly, I think that when you're doing something that you love and you're like helping somebody in any way, whether it be making them beautiful behind the chair or teaching, you know, them how to be a better person, like, um, the money comes. Yeah. You know, and then I honestly feel like the comparison to what others do will kill your creativity. Yes. So I feel like you just have to kind of have a little sit down with yourself and figure out what brings you joy and how can I recreate that to show others? I love that. I love that so much. Yes, I agree. Um, so talk to me a little bit more about your, um, course. You have the course about, you know, for people who are thinking about being, becoming independent, what does that look like? Yeah. So it's called squeeze the day. Um, kind of play, you know, obviously a fun play on Coco lemon. Yeah. Her salon's name is Coco lemon. She has the cutest branding by the way. (laughs) That is all things. We had a branding team again, hiring that support team. They were wonderful and they taught me so much. And, you know, because of that, I've been able to help and share with, um, all of our stylists too, which has been really fun. Um, can I give them a shout out? Of course you can say whatever you want on here. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Fire and co. They are amazing. I loved them. They really helped us. Um, I feel like anybody who has sat in a class with me knows how much I love puns and I love to make jokes. And so I've always joked that like one of my like next careers is I just want to like want to name nail polish colors. So I feel (laughs) like for OPI. (laughs) Yeah. I just like want to name fun nail polish colors. Like that's like, sounds incredible. Like give me some puns and pretty colors. Let's go. Um, so like even when Sarah and I were naming the salon Coco Lemon, um, it's a play on a blonde and a brunette. Mm-hmm. So that was our fun, my little fun add to that. So when we were naming the course, we're like, squeeze the day. Heck yeah. So squeeze the day is a course that just literally has the stylist sitting down like pen and paper, fully interactive. And it has them sitting down with the very first thing of being, can I afford this? Can I afford rent? What would my rent look like? And I feel like for many of us that were conditioned to commission salons, which I never bash a commission salon. That's how I started. I think it's a wonderful place for many people to be. Uh, Just for myself personally, I outgrew that. But this is a great way for someone to sit down to just be like, can I afford that? I think that is the most important question before you really take the leap of faith. Um, from there, it really tells you to find your support team, you know, again, going over all of those people. Um, and it also helps you really think of the list of everything that you need. Like it was down to, I didn't even think about when going into a studio that I would need paper towels and things like that, that, you know, many of cleaning products, exactly those things that many amazing salon owners provide, we're now my responsibility. And I think it's just important for them to see that list. Like, yes, you are independent, but that means you're also independent. It means you've got to do all of these things. So I think it's important for them to see what all of these things include and how that can look like in their daily life. 
Um, and then there it goes on to creating communication, setting up policies, setting boundaries, setting up systems. There's a lot going into being an independent artist. Um, you go from just wearing your hairstylist hat to wearing bookkeeper hat, to booking, to you know, making your product orders, all of those things. So I think it's just, we wanted to create something where all of this information that we were missing is all in one place for a stylist to really help evaluate what's next, how can I do this, and who can help me. Yeah, because you are a business owner when you go, especially into a suite. You know, it's, it's one thing like, um, you know, in an independent salon, like, of course there's still the expenses, but I went straight from commission to a suite. And first of all, just the amount of money I put into buying all the color, all the retail, like, I mean, it's thousands of dollars and that's not including making it pretty and buying towels and capes and coffee makers. And, you know, and it was like, oh, (laughs) It's not something that, you know, to take lightly at all. I think when you're going independent, it's an investment to yourself Mm -hmm. and to your guests. So you really have to put value to what you want your investment to be. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love what y'all are doing. I wish that y'all had this, uh, you know, three years ago when I went independent. I wish we had it too. I know. Like we're, we're, we were each other's like, oh, maybe I'll try this. So, you know, and I think that's how you learn and grow is by having these discoveries. And now that we have had all of these discoveries, we want to just help others feel successful. We also want them, you know, our little mantra is independent, but not alone. We Mm -hmm. want others to know that you can do this, but with the support of a team and systems and boundaries, you can succeed and you're not by yourself. And a team can look like a business coach on the outside. You know, that's what I think people think of a team as somebody you're with every single day. But sometimes the assistant can be somebody that you talk to once or twice a month, you know? Absolutely. And we still have uh, one of our previous coaching. She has us on a one month retainer. Yeah. So she was like by herself and she's doing incredible. She does an in-home suite, which is really cool. That is um, and it was really cool. She is actually creating something fun for that too. Um, yeah. Um, but it's more for her to know too, like we're here for you. Let's get these ideas flowing. And I think that for certain people, it's just more so knowing that you have the support just can help give you a sigh of relief. Do you have a business coach now personally? Personally, not at the moment, but I want one. You, Yeah. I, um, I realized the importance of that, like a couple years ago, it, it's just like, sometimes you're just not thinking of something, Absolutely. you know, like sometimes somebody just gives you this one idea and you're like, Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I feel like that's what a lot of it is, is bringing things to a sounding board and being able to have like these like creative focus groups. I feel like almost what they kind of morph into, which is really fun. I feel like you already have these ideas floating in your head, but being able to bring them to your support group and just like lay it out on the table they might be able to pick up on something that you may not have even seen. And that's Mm -hmm. a really cool, you know, just collaboration in general. Exactly. They help you brainstorm. And sometimes they just give you the validation that you need. Yeah. Like I'll never forget my first business coach. Um, She, I wanted to take off Saturdays. And all she said to me was like, why don't you? That's all she said. And I'm like, yeah. Don't why know. don't I? <laughs> I don't know. Why? Yeah. Like <laughs> that's, I don't know. <laughs> and after that I, I did, you know, and never worked a Saturday again. Like that's all I needed was that one person to say that one sentence and it's like worth every penny. <laughs> like, it yeah. And sometimes it's life that gives you the kick in the butt to make you do those things too. Right. Well, I, I mean, think people kind of need to be, when you have a problem that feels overwhelming I think that's when a coach can really come in handy, Yeah, you know, because it's, it's just somebody that can help you break it down and make it not so hard, you know? But I feel like it also is someone to, like you said, break it down and it can help you create a list. Like the, one of the things that we were taught really early, early on with our first commissions on was having a list of things that were urgent and the things that were a priority. 
and being able to break the two down, you're able to navigate a little bit easier. Yeah. Cause it's super easy. Like now that I'm in this new coaching space, like it's super easy to just do busy work. That's not moving the needle, you know? And it's like, sometimes I need somebody to go, stop it. Stop doing that. Do this. <laughs> Like this, what you're doing is doing nothing. Do this right here. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I love that. And again, it's like support and guidance, which is really nice because, you know, obviously we don't always have that. Right. Well, our mind is our biggest enemy. Like I know for me, like, it's like, sometimes I just need somebody to go, don't think that way. Think this way, you know? Cause it's like, your thoughts can get negative when something's scary, like going out independent or anything that's overwhelming and feels hard. Well, I feel like anything that's new is going to be anxiety inducing. I mean, even like before you and I did this, I was like, sweaty hands. I've never done this. I'm so nervous. And how are you feeling now? I was going to say, here we are having this conversation. And I'm like, you know, this is my friend Misty and we're just chatting, which is exactly, exactly. Well, that's, you know, the podcast was super scary for me. I originally um, just felt like I had something to say. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm just going to get on here and just talk to myself. And I realized that those, the first three, if you go back are like literally like five minutes long. And I was like, wow, I don't have quite that much to say. (laughs) But you did it. You took the leap of faith and that's incredible. Right. And then now that I'm starting to talk to people, I'm learning a lot. One is like, I, I talked to you guys on this podcast, like I would have talked to my clients. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and everyone's like, oh, you're such a good interviewer. I was like, no, I'm just having a conversation, you know, like I, and so it's interesting because I'm still, I still get a little nervous. I'm not getting as nervous the more I do them though. You know, I get more nervous when I'm talking to somebody I've never met. Yeah. Just cause it's well, like, I mean, you don't know where that's going to go. It becomes more natural. Right. Exactly. Well, the confidence comes. And that's why I think it's interesting that you started becoming, wanted to become an educator so early in your career. Cause I remember a year into my career, I didn't even want a new client. Like I was like terrified to touch a head because I did not have, I lacked the confidence so much. Um, and I honestly don't know if the confidence came for five or six years. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know what like led to mine. I, I recently had a conversation not too long ago about I did a competition cheering for like 10 years. I was a cheerleader. <laughs> yes. That's a flyer. So, hey. Oh, um, not me. <laughs> Have fun with I that. I think there was definitely something on to be said for that that really helped build my confidence and being in front of a big group and also knowing that I had support to literally lift me. So I think there are these lessons that I was able to learn from that, that kind of like really have morphed into my adulthood. And I think having the confidence from that to be in front of a bunch of people to immediately being like, I want to educate. I want the clients. I want them in my chair. I am going to find them. I'm going to search them out. I'm going to approach them. Like I just always had that like, let's go get it. Right. I think, yeah, it's funny. I was never like that growing up. Like, I mean, I was a cheerleader because a friend showed me some things and like, I was literally like, I got most improved. Like I was the worst. (laughs) But you tried. I did. I did. You know, I'm one of those like, oh, I think this is going to be fun. Let's do it. But um, it wasn't until like I started um, competing in fitness competitions. It wasn't until I started, I got myself out of debt. Like it wasn't until I did things that I never thought I could do and actually did them that like the confidence came, you know, into my life, like in various ways. Like, well, if I did that, then I can do this. Absolutely. It lit that spark. Right. It fueled you. Right. I think that you just get to an age where like you need to be uncomfortable to find that confidence, you know? Yeah. That's like you're okay with it. Were, yeah. Like when you and I were even, you were like, Hey, let's do this. And I was like, well, that scares the shit out of me. So, okay, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> exactly. It's funny. You say that. I remember when I was first, um, getting into like working out and stuff and, um, I hate running. Like I hate it with a passion, but I do it. I do it probably at least once a week. And it's because I hate it. Cause in my mind, if I keep doing it, I'll get better at it and I won't hate it as much. 
And it's true. I don't mind it now. I still don't yeah. love it. I mean, so I've, I've ran a half marathon before because of that. Um, That's amazing. Never fucking do that again. But, <laughs> but it's, See, I almost- have the husband who does a hundred milers. Oh my God. No, <laughs> I had to lift my legs to get in the car. Like I've done two actually, but one of them, I actually ran the whole time. And then one was more of like a walk run. So the first one, you know, um, but you did it and you completed it. And that well, probably felt amazing. It did. I cried. I mean, because it was one of those things where it's like, I, I don't think I can do this. So I'm going to do it. And I don't know why I think that way anymore. Like, <laughs> well, maybe it's more of like, you're trying to prove something to yourself too. Like yes. you're, you're like, I need to show myself that I am willing to go out of my comfort zone to grow. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, so it's funny. I, I just had this thought this morning about comfort zones, right? Like, I, and tell me what you think about this. So like, I was thinking about, um, so the first time I ever went to hair love retreat and like, I knew I was going to get out of my comfort zone. I was flying across the United States by myself. I didn't know anybody like in my head, that was the comfort zone I was crossing. Right. But I was extremely uncomfortable with the idea of like, I don't know where I'm sleeping. I'm probably going to have to sleep with a girl. I don't know in the same bed. Like, I don't know what the bathroom situation is like, you know, like, like all of those things. Right. And, um, I, I was thinking about it today. Cause I was like, you know what? Like, it's like, we want to get out of our comfort zone, but how we are comfortable getting out of our comfort zone, if that makes sense. Cause going on that retreat, my biggest takeaway was like sharing a room with girls who are now like some of my best friends. Like it was not knowing like if I was going to have to use the bathroom and who was going to be around, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and you go into quote unquote, getting out of your comfort zone with expectation. And it's like, is that even the point? Like, I don't even think that's the point. I think the point is not having an expectation and just going and learning from the thing that you don't expect to learn from. Absolutely. I mean, and it sounds like to me, it was more of, again, like I am compartmentalizing. So to me, it's like, can I control this? What can I control? And figuring out like, okay, if I can control this, that brings me comfort. Right. And so the things that you knew that you couldn't control scared the poop out of you. Exactly. It literally, kind of literally in the (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I, it's just interesting because it's like, we, we do, we get, we, I think a lot of us, we worry so much about something. We stress about something that hasn't happened yet and probably won't happen. Like it's, you get there and you're like, oh, this was not a stressful thing. And I, are you a Harry Potter fan? I am not. I've never. Oh, come on. I know I need to. <laughs> um, so I am. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. And, you know, I think it's there are certain like references. Again, those stories. I first read them when I was eighth grade going into ninth grade. So like I literally grew up with those books. And then you have like the new stories and all. But they're and I'm, I'm probably going to botch a quote because I can tear up a quote in a heartbeat, but it's something along the lines of like, if you tend to worry about something that's never happened, you're stressing twice. Yes. And that's yes. not cool. Yes. Like that, that, that takes like wreaks havoc on your body to do that. It's and so I am true. like the queen of stressing. So I'm preaching to myself as well. Well, it's interesting. Cause it's like, you kind of have to like not live in the future, you know, like, um, be excited about the future, but be like grateful for the present is what I, it's I learned. Yeah, exactly. And not stress about the future so much because you're more than, most of the time we stress about stuff that's not even real. Let's behind the chair. Maybe, you know, you want to raise your prices or you want to stop working Saturdays. You know, you stress about it so much and then you have the conversation with your clients and they're like, okay. Yeah. They understand. Yeah. But, you know, And honestly, and I always say, I've been saying this quite recently, it wasn't until I went independent and had control over my booking times that A, I stopped seeing my guests as profit and started seeing them as humans. And then because the fact that I had this control over booking, it created these more genuine, authentic relationships with my guests where they saw me as human and me as vulnerable. So me going to them with these things of like what you just said, I'm no longer working Saturdays 
or I can no longer offer these services because here we are post quarantine and I have all of these regulations that don't allow me to do these things. So I think when your guests see you as a authentic, real human, it makes those conversations so much easier. Well, especially when you have the right guests. Yeah. You know, um, so uh, I want to talk about one more thing. Yeah. So you have your books closed. Now, I, I want to talk about this for a reason, because I think that a lot of times stylists will see that on somebody's page, like say they see it on yours and they will think that is the epitome of success. It is not. That's, that's exactly what's going to be. <laughs> it absolutely is not. If you are looking to grow, never close your books. Amen. For my purpose and where I am at in my career with being a mom, a wife, a small business owner, an independent owner behind the chair, I have all of these hats that I would be doing a disservice to a new guest when I would not literally be able to accommodate them. And when I have so many incredible, incredible friends in the industry that I know that would be able to take care of them properly. So if you are looking to grow and to continue growing, do not close your books. Well, and if you opened them up, you wouldn't just be a disservice to your clients. You'd be a disservice to your salon and your business partner and your family. Absolutely. So for me, again, it's about compartmentalizing. I am setting up these systems so that way I am not stretched too far between all of these responsibilities as well. Um, I love being a hairstylist and I will continue being a hairstylist, but this is just a way for me to work behind the chair three days a week for me to be able to have a day dedicated fully to admin work. And then to be able to have me time, which is very important, but then also to be able to have these fully disconnected days dedicated to my family, which are super important to me. You've created an authentic life for yourself. I hope so. Like, that's just what I want. I want to like, just live in the moment and enjoy it all. I love it. I love it. All right. You have to tell everybody where they can find you. So I'm Ashley Lewis and you can find me at the blondologist on Instagram. And then my salon also is at cocolemon.hair. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so excited to be your first podcast. Thank you. (laughs) I'm a lot less sweaty than when we started. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's good. (laughs) All right. Say goodbye to the people. Bye people. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please screenshot it and share it on Instagram. Don't forget to tag me at underscore Misty Jane with a Y underscore. Um, Every time you share it or leave a review, it helps other people get it. And again, at the end of the day, all I'm here to do is uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. Talk to you on the next one.